Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Hannah Dunleavy, and I want to talk about booze. Alcohol has played a huge role in my life and is responsible for some of its highs and a lot of its lows. I'm interested in what role it plays in other people's lives and how things like age, race, class, sex, religion, geography, profession, health conditions, family history, and good old-fashioned trial and error affect what they drink and why they drink it. I'm not here to preach to anyone. I'm certainly in no position to do that. I'm just looking for a better understanding of alcohol's role in Britain in 2019. This is The Drink. Please listen responsibly. Hello, Hannah here, and welcome to this week's episode of The Drink. It is Friday morning. I am in my house. It is blowing a gale outside. Now, talking of blowing a gale, last week, you might have seen on Twitter, I went for a cup of tea with Femi Oluwele, who you may recognise as the spokesperson for the anti-Brexit youth group, our future, our choice. Now, he is a busy, busy man. I managed to grab him for about half an hour. We arranged to meet in a cafe. They were playing some ridiculously banging loud music. We moved outside where it was both simultaneously blindingly sunny and blowing an absolute gale. Make up your mind, London. Anyway, You'll be able to hear that it's a bit windy and some sirens went past because, you know, that's what it's like sitting in the street in London. Anyway, that shouldn't matter because what he said was great. And to be honest, he was a real trooper for sitting out there in that anyway. Now, I'm going to have a week off next week, just FYI. I have something in the bag for the week after. That will be an interview I did with the comedian Tin and Duyeb. We went to the pub and had a lunchtime pint. You know how well that went last time, so you know. I haven't edited that yet, so fingers crossed I make some sense. In the meanwhile, thanks all for continuing to listen. I'll speak to you in a fortnight. Hi, I am here outside. Actually, the sun is almost blinding me. A sunny London in a cafe with Femi. I, do you know, Femi, I feel like I always only ever use your first name. I feel like you've become the chair of <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I, I, I consider Madonna, but it's been taken, so yeah. <laughs> you are drinking. Hot chocolate. That is because you are not a drinker. I don't drink. I mean, it is 12 o'clock, so it will be a bit early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long has that been for? Uh, I haven't intentionally drunk alcohol since I was 12. Wowzers. Yeah. Um, Before that, my parents used to basically say that I had to on special occasions. And after the age of 12, I just said, no, I don't want to do it anymore. When you say you had to, what was that? Like, just a... a, I mean, presumably... Like like Christmas or once when we got a new car... Um, <laughs> so, yeah. That's amazing. Um, but it, I never liked it, and um, it sort of was like a thing for me that I got reverse psychology into not drinking. Like my dad always used to say, "Femi, when 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 you get to this, a certain age, 
peer pressure will make you drink. And so in my head, I was like, wait, are you telling me that I will lose control of, my, of myself, lose my own autonomy once I become a teenager? And so for that, I was like very, very wary of the notion of drinking in case it was something I really wanted to do. And I just never wanted to do it. That's really interesting. Would my assumption be correct that you've never really been drunk? Never been drunk. Do you feel like you're missing something? No, because I've seen drunk people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're not at their best, okay. <laughs> I've got my own personal issues um, in terms of like childhood trauma that just means that uh, my best friend says that Femi if you ever drank the world would end I'm a very delicate balance of a human being that alcohol would just tip the scales <laughs> <laughs> you are a millennial mm-hmm. so uh, the statistics are showing that millennials are drinking less so presumably you do know other people who don't drink not really, oh, um, really? I know that I think two people that, that don't drink yeah, but other than that, almost everyone I know drinks. How old are you? Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Mm. Okay. Oh well, I suppose yeah, that's that's maybe likely. I mean, most of my contemporaries do drink. I'm mm. forty-five, so most most of my peers do drink. Mm. But I would say a damn sight less than we used to drink. Yeah. I mean, I have a group of friends. We've been friends for like twenty years. And some people, it's because they've got kids and they have to get up early in the morning or, or whatever. Mm. But uh, with a lot of us, it's just aging it's just slowing down it's just that you but you value your time yeah, exactly now when i saw that you didn't drink on twitter and i thought oh god i've got, got to talk to him um you, you were talking about some of the the benefits one of which seems to be financial was the thing that you were yeah. particularly pointing out you actually were working out some this is what i could save on a night out yeah Why not? I, I mean it's it's a matter of because i don't drink at uni uh, that means i save money on pre-drinks I save money on the taxi to the, or taxi the bus to the club. I save money on drinks at the club. Um, I save money on the taxi home and all the all the relative costs in terms of trips to hospital, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and it worked out at about um, for the average uni student, I was saving about a thousand eight hundred a year, just because I was going out less and because um, most people go out maybe four times, three three to four times a week. Whereas I go out maybe once every two weeks. And so compared to the average uni student, I was saving about 1,800 a year. Wow. Um, which is two ski trips for me. <laughs> yeah. Because it's not just what you spend on booze, you're right. It is the things that you start going, oh, I'm too drunk to walk, I'll get a taxi. Exactly. It's the greasy burger you eat at 2 a.m. Yeah, yeah, which is why me, I am uh, riding my bike from the, from the house to the, to the club, partying in the club. Might get um, like an innocent smoothie at the Sainsbury's outside, which yeah. will be a lower price, much better better value, and then party in the club for a bit, then go home when, I, when I'm tired, all free. That's a, that's a two quid night out. <laughs> you are a busy man, mm. as we've just established. After this, you're going to Wales. Mm. Not waking up with a hangover, actually having energy, all yep. of those things. But what I will say is that Brexit seems to be one of those things that actually, oddly, you know. Now, I'm, I'm talking as a Remainer, obviously, to a Remainer. And when I look at other Remainers, when they talk about Brexit, they're always like, oh, Jesus, Theresa May's making a statement, best open the bottle of wine. <laughs> so actually, I saw Ian Dunn complaining the other day that could things stop happening because he actually wanted to get drunk. And it was like 11 o'clock at night, and he was like, things keep happening, and I have to stay sober yeah. to pay attention to them. What's the thing you do when you're like, oh my God, I feel hopeless? I popcorn. Feel like- um, as in, popcorn. I, 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 I eat things I should not eat. In fact, there was literally a bag of popcorn in my bag. It, 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 is, it is my crux. Uh, my, my drug is basically sweet food. Uh, okay. So I, I will comfort eat a lot. Are you? Is it part of a, a healthier lifestyle in general? I know you just said you comfort <laughs> eat a lot, but... 
Are you able to be healthy when you work the sort of hours that you're working? Uh, it's difficult in the course of the campaign. Like, I go to the gym, like, I'd say once every two weeks, if I get the chance, just because of the timings of things. But, I mean, I ride my bike to work every day, which is, so I get exercise that way. And, yeah, I, I think I, I stay more or less healthy. I pretty much, I go, I go in, I have waves. So I will eat unhealthily for, for, for a bit, realize I put on a bit too much, and then I'll basically crash diet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just basically fluctuating massively. Uh, I don't really do things in moderation, which is kind of why I don't drink, because I think I have an, a personality that is far too addictive. If I like something, I want it all the time. Yeah, and and if I ever started drinking, uh, I, I, it would ruin my life. Yeah, I mean, I, I am definitely like that. It's why I actively avoid certain things, like I avoid computer games and fruit machines or anything that got flashing lights and, you know, that, that I just know yeah. that I would never leave my house again yep. if I got into gaming that would be it I would be like the stereotype I'd have to move into my mum's basement <laughs> and post abuse on Twitter <laughs> as you know there's an interesting mm. point you clearly get a lot of abuse on Twitter a lot of which seems to be late night people being pissed up sending you yep. messages how do you how do you get through that with a smile on your face depends who it is if it's if it's something I'm trying to convince there's no point getting angry because you'll never get, convince anybody by being abusive. Yeah. If it's somebody that's just basically hurling abuse, sometimes I'll just let it wash over me. Sometimes if I can think of a funny retort, then I'll make fun of them on, on publicly because I've got a large platform so I can actually quote tweet and then make, make, make a funny joke out of it. So I'm, I actually, I, it's, it's fun for me. You have to get used to it though. Yeah. yeah. The video of you and Anna Subri in the street when, you know, he couldn't even be bothered to distinguish whether you were David Lammy or not, <laughs> yeah. which is just says about everything I mm. think you need to know about those people. I mean, your patience is just extraordinary. Mm. But again, I, I don't know. I feel like that's the sort of thing you couldn't do with a hangover. You couldn't, mm. you, the patience would be the thing that would go. No, it's, it, but it's necessary. I mean, quite simply, nobody's going to listen to the angry black man. So I, I can't be that. I have to be calm all the time. It's just yeah. a rule. Um, and so when people like that come at me, I have to just be calm and, get, and give it and give a calm response. It's the only choice. Yeah. Mm. And when in fact Anna Subri was also incredibly like she seems to have that patient personality. So it probably helps if you're surrounded you're surrounded by mm. people like that as well. Mm. Okay. So the first time I saw you on television, when was that? 2016. Um, the first time I was on TV was. Um, Start of 2000, start of last year on Sky News. That's right. So mm. I, I saw that and it, it went viral mm. and lots of people were saying, God, look at this guy, he actually makes sense. Mm. Um, I have to say, one of the first things I thought when I saw you, and I saw you making sense, was that the newspapers were going to come after you and start poking around in your yep. private life. Yep. But again, I feel like as a man who doesn't drink, you're kind of removing a lot of the opportunity for yeah. bad behaviour. Um, I mean, there's not a lot to find. Uh, I don't drink, uh, haven't done drugs. In fact, I'm more, I'd be more likely to do weed than alcohol, to yeah. be honest. But I still haven't done that, so that's a trip to Amsterdam for the future. Um, <laughs> uh, but don't do drugs, don't drink, don't smoke. I've been single since 2007, so there's not really much to dig up. <laughs> <laughs> The Express loves to have its fun with me. Every now and then they'll say, Ooh, Remainer destroyed by X or blah, 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 or, or floored. Or, or, yeah, they, they, they love their exacerbating head headlines. I don't know if I should tell you this, but mm. I Googled earlier, um, uh, I went on YouTube to, to find a video of you mm. just to check that I was going to pronounce your surname correctly. When I put Femi Olu yeah, yeah. in, the next word mm. is owned. Yeah. <laughs> and I watched a couple of those videos and I wondered 
what they thought the word owned meant. Yeah. Because in all of them, basically, people are just shouting nonsense at you. That will be largely the express. It doesn't matter how much I win, uh, they will say I get owned. Doesn't. To an extent, I almost wonder whether or not they're trying to help me by tricking people by thinking, oh, I want to see Remainer get defeated and yeah. they just show a video of me destroying somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very odd, isn't it? Let's get to Nigel Farage because mm-hmm. he is... I mean, to me, when I think of Brexit and I think, who is the face of Remain? Mm. To me, I think of you. Mm. And when I think of who is the face of Leave, I think of Nigel Farage. And maybe some people could put an argument together about how you share similarities in the way that you've got about forming a group and applying pressure. But you couldn't be more different. I mean, you are a millennial. He is a baby boomer. You use public transport. He flies private <laughs> private aeroplanes. You are a man of colour. He's about as diverse as midsummer murders. Um, you don't drink. You are a teetotaler. He has quite purposefully mm. presented himself with alcohol yeah. a lot in an attempt, the pint of bombardier in an attempt to be seen as a man down the pub what do you, what do you think that tells us about our country and the way we see alcohol? Alcohol can pretty much excuse anything that even though this is a man who has a background as a London city banker um, who has said overtly that he does not mind if Brexit makes people poorer in this country, who was a member of the Fisheries Committee in the European Parliament and turned up to one out of 43 meetings, yet he's somehow seen as the saviour of the working class, the protector of British fishermen, this guy that supposedly is the everyman, despite all the evidence to the contrary, but he likes a pint down the pub, therefore he's he's just like us. It is amazing the power that alcohol has on a narrative in this country. Do you feel that conversely, you talking about not drinking Mm. makes people not trust you? To a certain extent you could argue that but at the same time, one of my rules is people don't trust agendas, they only trust people. Now if I only showed, uh, if I only talked about Brexit, then I'd just be an agenda, I wouldn't be a person. So my, my one of my rules is, I show as much of my personality as possible so that people, A, know that I'm a real person, B, know that I'm honest to a fault so that I even show the parts that I know they don't like about me because that allows them to trust me as a, as a whole person because, okay, he admits this, he admits this. Um, so I, I think on the on balance, it works in my favour. It's, it's, it's unbelievably difficult to make any sort of prediction about anything at the moment. I mean, here we are in March. Yeah. If we're facing a no deal, which might be a situation, my guess is that booze, much like everything else, is going to become much more expensive in this country. Yeah. I mean, um, just due to tariffs and, and, and regulatory barriers between us and the, and the rest of the EU, um, yeah, highly likely. Um, and yet, actually, oddly, and this is a broad generalisation, but Remainers are more likely to be young and young people are less likely to drink. It's another way in which possibly people have shot themselves in the foot. <laughs> uh, you, could argue, you could argue that. However, I think young people drink more than old people but throughout their entire lives will drink less if you follow yes. as in because they'll, they'll gradually drink less and less as they get older um, but yeah in, in general given that it'll be the alcohol is a larger part of old people's lives yeah you could argue that Hold up 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I have days, mm. like the day when the independent group happened, mm. and I thought, regardless of what you might think of these people mm. as individuals and I know Anna Subri hasn't necessarily I don't agree with her on a lot of things except Brexit but mm. it did seem to it certainly seemed to put a rocket up Labour didn't it yeah I mean they came out officially quote unquote in support of um, a new referendum uh, we'll see what they do now because they need to they need to get their act together and properly support that but yeah there's definitely been um, movements in Parliament but I've been confident that Brexit wouldn't happen since November once I knew that the deal was something so toxic that um, nobody could afford to vote for it, that it angered Remainers even more than Leavers, um, Parliament can't vote for a deal that annoys both halves of its ele- electorate. Oh God, it's, we're in such a weird place. Mm. I think, have you, ever, have you ever read The City in the City? Two different cities simultaneously occupy the same space. Okay. But there isn't a wall, yeah. and they have to pretend they can't see the other people <laughs> who live in their okay. city. Okay. And I think... Maybe that's the answer sometimes. I think maybe we need to... <laughs> if we do go no deal, I'm, I mean, I'm assuming in already deprived areas and go back to alcohol, communities that already have existing problems with things like alcohol and alcohol and poverty and things are quite closely linked. It's, it's only going to get worse for them, isn't it? Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's a maths thing. Um, if you live in Sunderland in the northeast. And you know that the, the 35,000 jobs there depend on a Nissan factory that sends 70% of its cars to mainland Europe. And you know that Nissan's looking at that thinking, well, why are we going to put our factory on the wrong side of a trade barrier? They're going to want to put their factory in Frankfurt or, or Paris or wherever. It's a mass thing. Your jobs are going over the next 10 years. Um, and if jobs go, poverty rises. And if poverty rises, other social problems start to, start to rise. So a no-deal Brexit would be worst of all for the people that voted to leave. As a nation, we don't like being told what to do. Mm. There's, a, there's definitely a, a rebellion element to the entire Brexit vote, but the larger thing it was a rebellion against the political class in general. If you live in Sunderland, live in Hull, Swansea, you do not, you do not have the same opportunities as somebody who lives in Greater London. Um, I mean, when's the last time you saw an underground system in Redcar? And so it was basically telling the political class that they haven't got it, that they need giving them a kick at the backside because it was necessary. Problem is, things only get worse for them. And as for, like, um, rebelling against being told what to do, yeah, I mean, imagine if you lived in Sunderland, you watched Margaret Thatcher close your industries, the pits, the shipyards... Um, so you hate the Tory party, you've always voted Labour, but no matter which way you vote, nothing ever changes. And here comes this Brexit vote where you can actually make a real difference, and the only pe- person telling you to vote Remain is David Cameron. Which way are you going to vote? Yeah. If I hadn't studied EU law and I was in that circumstance, I would have voted Leave. Hands down. Politicians have been telling, telling people, 
to vote one way or the other. One way will lead to economic ruin, one, lead, one way will lead to economic prosperity. For since the dawn of time. And if you know that um, David Cameron is telling you, vote, vote our way, this Tory, who you absolutely hate, vote our way will make you richer, when you've never trusted the Tories yeah. to make you richer, um, you're going to vote the other way. Yeah. From my point of view, if I look at people like, a bit like you were saying with Cameron, if I look at people like Boris Johnson and Nigel Farage, and I thought, if it's good for them, and they stand against absolutely everything I believe in. Yeah. They don't believe in women's rights. They don't believe in racial equality. They don't believe in social. Yeah. It's good for them. It's got to be bad for me. I don't know why, yeah. but it has. Mm. So I do sometimes think we, there weren't enough voices. There weren't the right voices. It was led by by David Cameron, Tony Blair, people that people don't trust. Yeah. Just the extent to which Tony Blair was the wrong spokesperson for this. There are two big camps that, that needed to be reached out, reached out to. There was the narrative that was anti-immigration, and there was a narrative that was um, le- really strong left-wing socialism. Those are the two. Narr- there was a, those are the two camps that, that, vote, that voted leave. Now, if you're anti-immigration, you generally speaking don't like Tony Blair because you feel like he opened up the doors. Yeah. And if you and if you're a left-wing socialist, you hate Tony Blair because he's responsible for New Labour. So why the hell was Tony Blair the person who was in charge? Uh-huh. Uh, who, who was one of the biggest voices um, in favour of staying in the EU? Yeah. It was just the the wrong people talking about this. Absolutely. So you've obviously spent a lot of time around politics in the last year. Mm. Politics traditionally always seen as a really boozy. Mm. sort of business mm. to be in a business maybe is or isn't the right word mm. now I, I've spoken to a couple of people recently Jonathan Ashworth Shadow Health Secretary Aisha Hazarika who you mm. must know the journalist and they have said that politics has become less boozy in the time that they've been in it but it is still boozy mm. what is your impression? I know that a lot of the events that I've gone to the, the, the fundraisers the uh, the meetings they all they all have a degree well either if not during but definitely afterwards alcohol involved um but me personally i do a lot of my stuff from home okay um so i i get to basically i do i do my best work in my bed yeah <laughs> um so i'm i'm basically tweeting all, all the time constantly or or i'm traveling the country from a, in, in a coach somewhere so i don't actually see the see the booze a lot where i, where I know that in london it's a it's a, it's a major element it's interesting as well because now, so much happens that you can't even hold it in your brain, but there was an evening a couple of weeks ago where there was a very late night vote about uh, Theresa May. It was either her, it was either a vote of confidence, it was that kind of yeah. vote in which Anna Subri was interviewed in the lobby yeah. by ITV. Yeah. And she said um, some reasonable things. Now, she looked exhausted, but. Um, almost immediately, everybody under Twitter, sort of, everybody underneath the thing on Twitter started saying, Subri's pissed. Mm. Like, I, I thought it's so, it's so weird because I, again, if you go back to that Farage thing, if Farage was pissed and, you know, mm. I don't think that, it's something to do with her being a woman, I think, as well, that it's used to sort of denigrate her. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think she was. Well, I mean, a, 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 a drunk man and a, dr- and a drunk woman, they, there is a different stigma attached to both. It's not exactly an even, an, an, a level playing field. Um, like a, a, ma- a man with a beer in his hand is just it look, looks like Nigel Farage looks looks cool. Yeah. Um, whereas a woman with a beer beer in his hand and engenders different feelings. So it's, it, there is a double standard there. Okay, so we are marching again, aren't we? Uh, yes. When is that? March twenty third. We're going to be filling the streets of London again uh, because that will be absolutely crunch time. Either we haven't got an extension 
and we need to make a strong message to Theresa May that they cannot allow the country to be absolutely destroyed by a no-deal Brexit because it is insanity. We would be the only country in the world, the only successful economy in the world which didn't have a trade deal with its closest neighbors. <laughs> Even Donald Trump, yeah. when he when he started a trade trade war with the entire world, he left Canada and Mexico out of it at the start because not even he was crazy enough to damage trade with his closest part, closest neighbors. Now, if we so we we simply cannot afford it. So on the 23rd of March, if it's if we're heading towards a no deal, it'll be utterly vital that we tell Theresa May this has to stop. And if we got the extension, we need to tell them that the only way out of this mess is a people's vote. Yeah. Because we can't just keep running down the clock because we'll end up back back here in just, in just a couple months down the line and nothing will have changed. The only way we can get a guaranteed answer, a definitive solution to this entire problem is a new referendum where we get to decide between the deal that we currently have and the deal we just negotiated. Now, you just mentioned Donald Trump. Mm. He's not a drinker. Yeah, um, <laughs> which is amazing. In fact, I'm going to steal a joke from Hassan Minaj. This guy is up tweeting at like 3am and he's not drunk. Uh, I mean, what does he say to his wife when, 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 he, when, he, when he tweets something horrendous or when he says like grab her by the pussy on, on the Billy Bus yeah. Bush? What does he say? Because he can't say I was drunk. He's like, no, actually Melania, that's exactly who I am. <laughs> <laughs> I often consider myself to be the anti-Trump. As in, both of us are tweeting at 3 a.m. in the morning. Both of us um, are politically incorrect, although he is a dick about it. Um, uh, and uh, as for control, yeah, for me, it's about um, always knowing that I, I, I make the right decision and that I'm, I have full control of my faculties. Because for me, alcohol, if you look at it even from a Freudian perspective, there are three parts of your personality. There's your general personality, there's your desires, your passion, and then there's your conscience. If alcohol silences your inhibitions, it's silencing your conscience. That's why you do the worst things whilst you're drunk. That's why a lot of the biggest excuse for doing something wrong socially is, sorry, I was drunk. Yeah. That's why it's the biggest, biggest excuse for cheating. That's why it's linked to, I think, 47% of British of British crime. Yeah. It's It lowers our moral standards. Um, obviously, that's a low bar for Donald Trump. <laughs> but um, in general, I want to know that when I'm doing something, I know it's the right thing to do. Yeah. That, that's interesting what you say because just going briefly back to, to what we say about gender, mm. being drunk is an excuse quite often for a man mm. to behave poorly towards women. Uh, excuse inverted commas which you can't see on the podcast. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> clearly. But actually, weirdly, for women, mm. it's seen as they make that choice to get drunk and mm. therefore it, it means that they, it, people, they get held responsible for what happens to them. So women are responsible for what happens to them when they're drunk, but men are able to just lose yeah, yeah. that. And it's it's really difficult because, and like to say to a lot of a lot of extent, you look at it and you think gender equality is we're, we're nearly there, mm. but it's those tiny things that that aren't tiny well, that uh, turn out to be massive. And then this will get this will get controversial. So I'm going to be really careful how I choose the words here. All we have is a problem between the notion of causality and moral blame. So, for example, if I walked into an ISIS cave and shouted, you guys are all mor morally morally corrupt, you are wrong, you are bad. Morally, I am entirely in the right. However, there is a causality between me me doing that and losing my head. Yeah. So, in the, in the same way, there may be a causality between being drunk and, 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 and something bad happening. However, the moral blame, it lies entirely with the person who actually does the wrong thing. Because um, if I if I have two doors in front of me, 
one leads to a serial killer, one leads to a, a meadow, and I happen to choose the one that leads to a serial killer, I have no moral responsibility for that, what that serial yeah. does, even though there's a, there's a causality between my decision yeah. and what happens to me. We have to distinguish between causality and moral blame. Yeah, we definitely do. And, mm. and we just don't. I mean, I, I watched the Louis Theroux documentary the other day. You probably don't have time to mm. watch television. About American universities attempting to tackle mm. rape culture. Mm. And in almost all cases, girls were drunk mm. and men took advantage, it seems. But yet there were still people saying, mm. well, you know, she was drunk. You know, she made that choice. She made herself unsafe. And it just staggers me that, that, that you're right. It's. I mean, I've been out on the street drunk, you know, when I was young. I probably put myself in dangerous situations, really dangerous situations. But none of that but gives... Had I been murdered, it still wouldn't have been my fault. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so difficult. Obviously, you're a 28-year-old man, mm. and um, lots of 28-year-old men are out clubbing. Mm. And, you know, that's how we... Certainly how we, you, most 28-year-old men mm. meet women. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so... Uh, that's that's how we sort of tend to socialise. Do, do you think we're over dependent on that as a as a, a society? Well, I mean, I, I haven't gone through four years of university where all my friends were doing this. The, the the painful thing is when they sober up in a club, they don't like the club. As soon as they sober up, they now don't like the club. It's a disgusting environment. They want to go home, which means that the highlight of their week is chemically altering their own brains to trick themselves into thinking they enjoy something that they know they don't enjoy. Which seems to be madness. Not only that, on top of that, something you probably won't remember most of. And that is the (laughs) highlight of your week. Um, And it just, it doesn't make sense to me. Whereas me, my enjoyment is based on the music and the people I'm with. And as long as the music's good, then I can have a great time in a club. Whereas most of my friends are unable to do that because they've created a, a dependence on alcohol to have a good time. Yeah, um, and, it, and it also has a double backlash for me in the sense that having a good time and all that that could possibly entail in terms of romance, I'm kind of barred from it because I, I'd love to go to go to a club and and and, and meet and meet women, but for someone who doesn't drink, a little bit more complicated. Yeah, because it means I have waited for a time in the week where all the women around me are chemically compromised to then make a romantic move that is predatory as yeah, hell it, it, it actually it really is because if you are like we were just saying about Louis Theroux yeah. if you are the sober yep. person yeah that you do have some moral responsibility I think which is why I've been single since 2007 <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it doesn't even make sense I mean again I'm going to steal a joke from uh, Dylan Moran that many relationships they start when people are drunk like that you the words he's used were um you meet people you start a relationship with them when you're so drunk you could not spell your own face um, but and you start real relationship with these people but you wouldn't choose a toaster when you're drunk no. because that's far too important of a decision it needs to be crispy in just the right way yeah. but you start a long term relationship in that state he is really great on those his, his monster tour when he's mm. talking about how men communicate mm. and he was like you go to a pub together mm. and one of you talks and the other one drinks and they can't actually hear because their head is filling with booze <laughs> and they, they go oh you stopped and then the other one drinks yeah, yeah he is really spot on with booze mind you he has also cultivated a very clear image yes, of himself yes. as a, <laughs> an everyman drinker but he's a lot funnier than Farrah exactly and not a racist, so that always it. helps <laughs> so mm. I want to ask you if, if Brexit is cancelled if 
we say that's it we're done with it mm. and we will never be done with it as in the Daily Mail will keep nagging but, yeah. you know, you yeah. know what I mean how are you going to celebrate? Because the you know you're not going to be popping your champagne, <laughs> are you? Uh, so, basically, my plan is that the day Brexit is voted down, uh, I need to spend the next two months, a full two months, on TV, basically course correcting UK politics. Yeah. It is a task, but it is absolutely vital for the future of the country because if we get a bunch of cocky remainers going on TV saying we won you were wrong we win you guys can all shut up now full speed yeah. ahead with the European project the country is screwed utterly screwed because we will never heal from those divisions however if we have people like like Caroline Lucas like myself who have got and understood why we got here going on TV saying remainers were wrong the status quo is utterly unacceptable what we need is, is, is to be investing in, um, in, in the areas that voted to leave because we have a deeply unfair London-centric country which needs to be fixed. And, and that Brexit voters were absolutely right to give the political class a kicking because they deserved a kicking for, uh, for completely neglecting the areas outside of London for 40 years. If that happens, people see that there is a real shift towards investing in those areas, then we have a chance. And the country actually has hope. So I spent two months doing that. After that, I take maybe a couple of weeks just off and then I find the most menial job um, that I can find for the, for the next two, three months just to basically depoliticize myself, try and take myself out of the equation as much as possible, and then I'll come back with a force maybe three months later um, to see where we are. Do you think politics is the future for you? I don't think I have a choice at this point. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've, developed, I've got myself a big, big old political ca- um, platform. Yeah. I have to use that. Um, just morally speaking, with great power comes great yeah. responsibility. So yeah, I'll be in politics. Whether or not I'll run for an, an MP, I might be forced to run for an MEP this this year um, because oh, the European election. I might have to purely because I I there needs to be a counterbalance to Nigel Farage in the European Parliament so that the face of the UK UK is not him. Um, I need I need to a show. If, if the European elections happen and we're, and we're part of them, we need to have people that are allowed, recognised, known back home, making the case for, the, for a better UK towards the EU yeah. for the future. Yeah, so, so. I agree completely. Mm. Well, that actually sounds better than a bottle of champagne. As mm. a, as a lot of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you so much for finding time and your busy schedule because I know you are crazy busy and all the best of luck. Thank you very much for having me. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.